0: John chapter 15 okay so um, we started out a long time ago this great great calling of Jesus to come and follow me and we have spent the last month or so really digging into this idea of God putting himself inside of us in the form of his Holy Spirit and how how meant to be mind-blowing, it's meant to be inspiring, it's meant to take some pressure off. There's a whole lot of different reasons for that, but this is really good news, but right here in John 15, so um, right, uh, what John does is he puts quite a large teaching of the Holy Spirit in John 14, and what he transitions into, and again, he didn't put the chapters in here. Okay, we invented that hundreds of years later. All right? But as John is writing his gospel out, and he's writing about the Holy Spirit, and he goes right into what we have as John 15, right? and he has this idea of abide in me. It's not just follow me, but remain in me, to actually bring and make residence with me. Okay? It's not just um, something has changed here. Right? And again, it isn't just, hey, just follow me from a distance as an apprentice. But he's gonna we're going to dig into this section right here. And again, you've probably heard a number of different ideas on what, what does this mean? What does John 15 mean? What is this teaching of remaining in me and I will remain in you and producing fruit and all of these things? And again, we could spend days talking about and like trying to unlearn certain things. I think it's probably better to just dig in and learn what the text says okay like this is what the text is teaching us all right and then we can work through the things in our own lives that we need to work through okay so let's take a look at this text right here john chapter 15 we're starting right here in verse 1 okay john 15 i am the true vine and my father is the gardener he takes away every branch that does not bear fruit in me he prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will bear more fruit You're clean already because of the word that I've spoken to you, okay? Let me just kind of, like, as we walk through this, as we realize, like, what is he teaching and what does he mean right here, okay? It's just taking the scripture at face value is oftentimes the best way to start, okay? So when he says, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener, all right? He's giving us this metaphor. He's asking us to picture something, all right? He's asking us to, I want you to envision this lesson that I'm trying to teach, right? he's saying, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener, and he takes away every branch that doesn't bear fruit in me. And that makes sense, doesn't it? That makes sense. There's gardeners in here. There are people you take care of things that grow and produce fruit. Like you have these things, okay? And it makes perfect sense that when you have a vine or a bush or something that's meant to produce something, when there are parts of it and branches that are dead and broken and, and and just kind of like there for no reason, like that's, that's normal, isn't it? To go, well, we're going to get rid of that one. Okay? He says he takes away every branch that doesn't bear fruit in me. And he prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it will bear more fruit, okay? If we were like Greek readers, okay, this would, this would kind of tickle us just a little bit, okay? Because there's a little bit of a word play. It, it doesn't do a whole lot for the meaning of it, but the original hearers would have heard this, okay? Where he says, he prunes every branch that bears fruit, so that it'll bear more fruit. And then he says, you're clean already because of the word that I've spoken to you, okay? There's a little bit of a play on words there, prune and clean, okay? And actually, they're very close kind of Greek words, all right? So again, the original, as this was being written, This was meant to kind of, again, kind of evoke some things in the original hearers of, hey, you've been pruned, he prunes every branch that bears fruit so it'll bear more fruit. And and that word prune kind of sounds like in the Greek of kind of cleans, okay, or trims or something like that. So anyway, just taking this at face value. Again, I don't know where your brain goes theologically. Right? If immediately the first thing you're going, like, oh goodness, he's the vine, father's the gardener, and we're, already, we're already wrapped up in him, like removing every branch that doesn't bear fruit. Okay? And again, we're going to read this in its entirety. Alright? But can we accept this as the truth? Like, if we take this at face value, let's do that first, okay? As we've already understood the metaphor, the true vine and the gardener and the idea of, man, the the the, the picture is like, let's say this beautiful vineyard right here where you have like, you know, your vine and then you have these branches and, and this envisioning of like, man, if there's these broken off pieces and unfruitful pieces like we're getting rid of those the ones that are bearing fruit like we're snipping and all of these kind of things so they will bear more fruit like there's this picture of this beautiful kind of vineyard going on okay and he says this okay and these are the terms that we're going to continue um, to look at because we see it over and over and over again i want you to think about this remain in me all right understand this is jesus speaking all right? I want us to consider these words because this is what he taught and this is what he's saying, okay? He's saying, listen, every one of us, all of the people who will follow me, remain in me. Right? So, so again, this is going to give us hopefully some time. We're going to think more about this. Remain in me and I will remain in you. Okay? Remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, Unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me. All right. Uh, Again, let's let this word like continue to kind of resonate. Remain in me and I'll remain in you. Just like a branch. Okay. Again, this is requiring us to think about what is he describing. Just like if we were to take and rip off this branch from the vine and you kept it apart long enough right? It would wither. It would die. It couldn't produce on its own, right? So he's giving us some pretty significant spiritual truths, okay? And and honestly, in my view, one of the greatest metaphors you could possibly like, this picture that he's painting is phenomenal, okay? Because again, we can see, and, and this is the part to me that is helpful, okay? Is like, Here's the focus, like see right where that branch goes into the vine right there? You see right that inter, that space right in there. This is the part that he's describing, okay? It's this branch and this vine, and he's saying, remain in me and I'll remain in you, okay? It's this picture, if we were to take this vine and this branch and peel the branch off, okay? You would see like all of the insides and you couldn't tell which was which when you pulled it off. You understand what I'm saying there? Like when you pull it off, like you see the all of the living, like, like the wooded area of the branch and the vine, they're intertwined with each other. Okay? Like you, you, we would look at it and we would go, oh no, that's clearly the branch and that's clearly the vine. It's like, no, it's grown together. To where it's like, well, where does one start and the other be? Like, where does one end and the other begin? Like, it's integrated into itself, and he's wanting us to understand this phenomenon between us and him. Okay? This is, th- this is just one of those things. Can- so, again, remain in me, and I will remain in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine, so neither can you unless you remain in me okay? Again, the metaphor is getting us to understand something is, okay, man, this, this thing right here that we're seeing, this picture I put up here, this idea of something that's bearing fruit, that's producing something and producing something that's beautiful, and, and it shows this, this is alive, right? Like this branch has to be connected to the vine. I mean, that's the, that's the proof right there, okay? There's this idea here of an in intimacy, a connectivity, okay? So again, this is what's absolutely vital. all right when we're talking about, again, as we've been talking about following him and then evolving into this idea of remain in me, abide in me, this idea of a branch and a mind. and he's saying, remain in me, there's this 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 understanding of an intimacy, a connectivity. Where, where energy flows back and forth, okay? Where nourishment flows back and forth, where health is occurring, vibrancy and life is happening, okay? I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing, All right? Again, if we were to just take this, there's a simplicity to this. Right? There's there's a simplicity to what we're reading here. Again, I'm the vine and you're the branches. The one who remains in me, interconnected, intimate, right? This lifeline between me bears much fruit. Because apart from me, you can accomplish nothing. Right? He's giving us just a simple picture right here of God going, this is how I envision my people being. I envision my people connected, interconnected so intimately that my energy and my life courses through them. Alright? And it's coursing through them to create this healthy branch that produces fruit, okay? And again, I'm not a gardener. I'm not somebody who Like, I couldn't sit here and describe to you all of the ideas of fruit. I think sometimes we maybe oversimplify the fruit process here, you know. But fruitful things indicate health and life, okay? John 10.10, just a few chapters before, Jesus said, you want to know what? The thief comes to steal and destroy. I've come to give life and give it Abundantly. Okay, so again, why is this so important in kind of our evolution of this idea of following Jesus, following him, being transformed by him, becoming fishers of men like him, like understanding the Holy Spirit that he gives to live inside of us. Okay, this all of this is pointing towards this idea of 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 him saying, listen, I'm not just leaving you to do what you do with your own strength. Like, I'm going to be your power source. I'm going to be your source of nourishment. I'm going to be your source of health. I'm going to be your source of vibrancy, right? All of this really truthfully in the end is like for us, hopefully, it gives us this idea of going, whoo, man, thank God for this. Man, this is so good. This is such good news. But quite honestly, this may be the opposite of how we live. All right this may be the opposite apart from him it's just kind of spiritual despair and frustration and confusion okay i mean i think i think far too often we accept things like just as disciples as followers of jesus where the connection that we've had between the vine and the branch has been has been damaged or it's been like eroded or something like that and we're like why am i in despair And and why am I just kind of like stuck in one place? And why am I confused? And why am I? Because this is really good news when he said, when you stay connected with me, I mean, man, there's going to be this source. There's going to be this source of life that's going to be pumping through you. And what's interesting is, is is what I'm not describing isn't hyperactivity. Okay. I, I don't mean like, man, if you really have spiritual life, you'll be really hyperactive. Or you'd be really like, you know, act weird or something like that. That's not what I mean, okay? Is there something about somebody who is full of life and health, all right? I mean, we we understand that. There's been a lot of sickness going around, okay? When there's illness going around, like, you know when we're not healthy because you're like, oh, man, I feel a little bit run down, you know? Like, I just don't feel like I have the energy and I don't have the, like, the bandwidth and I don't have all of these things, right? Okay? He's describing something, this is really good news right here, he says that the one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit right and again, understand something this idea of again, there isn't even this, the command has been remain in me we're on the same page with that, right I mean, before we go jumping ahead oh gosh, I've got to start producing fruit I've got to start doing that, like, oh my goodness, I've got to show people I'm healthy, and, and I'm okay, and I'm like, hold up a minute. Like, let's go all the way back, right? Remain in me. Okay, that that's that's what should be ringing in our ears, is that idea of him going remain in me, okay? Like, this side of it, he's already saying this is what we're already having, all right? Like, he's telling us what the process is, right? We end up, like, running ahead. Like, oh man, I, like, I gotta I got get healthy and I gotta get all these things and I need to be fruitful and I need to do these things. He's saying, no, hold up a minute. Like, slow down. He's described a beautiful process of an interconnectivity of a vine and a branch bearing beautiful fruit, right? And, and again, for us to slow down and go, what's he say? Remain in me. Remain in me. Again, again there's this idea of, of repetitiveness You've noticed it, right? I'm the vine, I'm the vine, I'm the vine. Remain of me, remain of me, remain of me. Like, there's, it's meant to, like, seriously, for, you know, if we all didn't have any kind of Bible to take with us anywhere, if we just sat down in, a, in some kind of field with Jesus and he were to tell us this story, this would be very simple to keep track of. All right? This would be very simple. It's teaching us a lot of really great things here, okay? If anyone doesn't remain in me, he's thrown out like a branch and dries up. And they're gathered. They're gathered up and thrown in the fire and are burned up. Okay? I get it, right? I mean, that's you're going, oh, Keith, let's stop here for a second maybe. That seems pretty rough. That seems like that's not where I want to be. I could probably speak for all of us. It doesn't matter if you're watching online or sitting here. I think every human being that's ever read this passage, okay, is going, this is not what I want, right. okay? This is not the desired outcome. I don't want this, okay? And, and again, the further this goes, quite honestly, oftentimes, depending on our own kind of like headspace and everything, man, we can end up like the wheels begin turning so fast, we stop listening to what Jesus is even teaching. Right? Because it's like, oh, is he saying that you could be in him and then you could be thrown out later? Yes, that's, that's what he's saying. Yeah, that, that's just, can we take it at face value? All right? We, we don't have to go into an entire theological overview of what it means to lose your salvation or anything like that. I think that Jesus sums it up pretty clearly. He's like, anyone who doesn't remain in me is like this branch. Well, why is that? Well, we've already agreed from the first verse. We've agreed. We're like, man, if I had a plant, right? Like if I had a plant and if I was trying to help it grow, like some of you guys do really beautiful things with like roses and, you know, hydrangeas and all of those kind of things, but I'm pretty sure there's some trimming off of dead things, right? So, again, from a simplistic person, like, I get it, it can be emotional. And I get it, nobody wants to be this. Okay? And I get it, like, don't start, like, preaching a sermon that's not here. Right? Let's stay right here and understand the teachings of Jesus, okay? And he's told us and he's asked us one thing, he's commanded us one thing, remain in me. Okay? He said, remain in me, and when you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. In fact, Remember what he said up in the early verses? He said, even when you bear much fruit, there will be some pruning. Like, I'm not just going to go ahead and, like, back off and leave you be. Like, I'm going to help. Like, there's going to be some pruning and all those kind of things. But he says, you don't remain in me. It's like thrown out like a branch and it dries up. And then you throw them into the fire. Okay? If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want. It will be done for you. Okay? This isn't too bad. All right, this is good, isn't it? It's okay to like this one, all right? I know we're like, mm, you're gonna trick me here because we just had like the branch thrown to the fire right before this, right. okay? Like, uh, I don't know. I'm like tiptoeing into this teaching here. But remember, what did he teach? Remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. And then what will happen? When you remain in me, I'll remain in you and you will bear much fruit, all right? Remain in me, we're gonna dig into that more. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, uh-oh. He introduced something here. This isn't like the rest of the pattern, right? I think it's important for us to understand this because you're going, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. Remain in me and I knew. you. Remain in me, remain in me, remain If you remain in me and my words remain in you, oh, oh. Like audience, me and you, all of us going, oh, oh, remain in me and my words remain in you, okay. Like, now we're putting this together a little bit. I can do this. If you remain of me and my words were made of you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. Okay? This is where we get tripped up a little bit. Yeah. We're like, I think we had a question on Thursday about this. Kind of like, well, we have things like this. Like, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. What, do, what doesn't that say? Okay? We truncate these. Well, ask whatever you want. It will be done for you. Okay? But that's not what Jesus taught. Okay? Jesus isn't teaching this idea of, hey, if you follow me, I'll be like the genie. You just ask me what you want. And, and by the way, you know, I mean, it's so, like, here's what can happen so sadly. Is our relationship with Jesus, you know, and, and the, the prophets, the Old Testament prophets used a really great analogy Right, it's a really great like metaphor to understand this is the potter and the clay Okay, is this idea of the, the Isaiah and these Old Testament prophets they said it's crazy if the clay told the potter what to do right? except as human beings our relationship shifts so subtly of us deciding that let me tell you what you should be doing Jesus I'm going to be upset at you for not doing certain things Because you should do what makes sense to me. Right? There's a subtle thing. So Jesus gives a truth here. And I I think it's a pretty cool one. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. Right? There's something about that that should pique our curiosity. words remain in me, I wonder what that does to us in what we ask and how we ask and our understanding of God and all of these different things right here. It's interesting. Here's a smattering of Psalm 119. Okay? <laughs> in my heart, I store up your words, so that I might not sin against you. Okay? Again, if you remain in me, my words remain in you. The psalmist seemed to understand this really well. Okay? In fact, he did it so well He spent like 163 verses or something like that describing this, Psalm 119.57, the Lord is my source of security. (coughs) Excuse me. I have determined to follow your instructions. Or Psalm 119.98, your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for I am always aware of them. Not always aware of my enemies, always aware of your work, (laughs) Right. Okay. So again, this is hopefully, again, there's some connecting points starting to hit in our head. Okay, he's saying remain in me, and he's got this really cool connectivity of this, like, relational, this relationship between us and him to where his life is, like, flowing into us. And and, and he says, my words, they must remain in you. That, That may seem basic, but we'll talk about that more in a little bit. And he says this, my father is honored by this. Isn't this great? Right? And here, and this is a tagline in many regards in Christian circles is, I just want God to be glorified. That's what I want. I want God to be glorified. But my father is honored by this, that you bear much fruit and show that you are my disciples. Okay? So think about this for a 2nd Doesn't this make perfect sense? If you're Jesus and you're teaching this, you're going, this is what I want the world to see. I want the world to see a people who on their own could never do these things. Who on their own could never produce what I'm about to produce inside of them. Like a world full of people that are so connected to me that the world is seeing something It said, man, they're attached to that vine. God is honored. When the people see this, this is not, again, this is not a passage of oppression or discouragement or fear. There's anything about this. This is about fear. This is about life, right? I am the vine and my father is the gardener and about producing fruit. This passage is completely about being alive in Christ. All right? Unfortunately, right? Things get in the way, right? And again, not from an excuse perspective, but just as a reality. The world gets in the way. The world gets noisy. The world, like, is telling us, no, 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 there are these other things to do that aren't remaining me things. Yeah, They're remaining the world things. Right? Like, the world is, like, beckoning us constantly. Like, no, you've got to check your... Social media, and you have to do these things, and you have to buy these things, and you have to have this way, and you have to you have to see these certain things, and 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 we're inundated by that. And I don't think we equate the idea of the world is saying the same lesson, remain in me. Okay? Except there are two very different promises. The world cannot promise anything but death and destruction. That's what that's the ending point, okay? The world can give us, like, very, like, like short-lived pleasures. But every one of us in here, we are old every one of us almost in here, are old enough, okay, to have understood that allure of the short-lived pleasure and then the despair that follows. Okay, Jesus is saying that doesn't happen in his body. Okay, that is not what he's offering, okay? And so we have competing, like, lessons here. The world going, no, please, remain in me. Because people will accept you, and people will like you, and you'll be able to kind of live a life of peace and joy and all of these different things. Except, listen, this is why a lot of us became disciples. Because after a while, we figured out the lie. This is not happening like I thought it was. This is not fulfilling me like I thought it was, right? And so we have this teaching, this teaching of life and this teaching of abundance. But again, he said this, remain in me. And here's what comes with that remaining in him. He said, you'll produce much fruit, right? You'll produce much fruit. And on top of that, my father is honored by that. And on top of that, the world sees, man, these are his people, because they're attached to this vine. My Father is honored by this, that you bear much fruit and show that you're my disciples. Okay, and he starts getting into it. Just as the Father has loved me. Okay, stop stop and think about that for a second. Jesus saying, just as the Father has loved me. How much do you think that is? If we quantify that, there is no number. There is no measurability to that, okay? Because just as the Father has loved me, That's how I've loved you. Okay? Like, this is good news here. This is really good. Unless you're still stuck back at the dead branch. Okay? You're still back there going, oh gosh, how am I going to get fruitful? Okay? And please, don't miss this teaching. Yeah. Okay? Just as the Father has loved me and I have loved you, remain in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love. Oh, boy. Like Keith, I knew you were gonna trick us. <laughs> I knew it was coming, man. I knew it was coming, I knew there was gonna be something in here. It sounded like remaining me, it sounded like this wonderfully ambiguous thing. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remained in his love. Let's say this in real words, okay? Because it makes perfect sense. I don't know what your relationship is with that word obey, okay? And that's a whole other thing, all right? But this makes perfect sense, all right? There is no way on God's green earth that he was going to send his son down and go, listen, I want you to go down here and preach this gospel of the kingdom and die, and I'm going to raise you again, okay? Like, I'm not going to send you down there only so that the message you send to people will be one of like, like, you don't really have to follow that guy. Like, you don't really have to trust in his ways. You don't, you don't really have to do it that way, except that we've made Christianity that way. We, we've made Christianity a thing where it's like, no, you could be an individual and do it your own way and mess up and kind of be all over the place and nobody's perfect and we have all these mantras Except we've gone like, hold on a minute. Jesus would be crazy to go down and give that message. It makes perfect sense that he would say, listen, if you're going to be with me, trust the way I say to do life. That's, That's what that means. Just like Jesus said, just like I trust my father and what he tells me how to do life. Right? And we know that Jesus had some times. We know those times in the garden when he was like, if there's any other way. But what it came down to, the way Jesus lived, was he was like, no, my father knows how I'm supposed to live to here, and that's what I'm going to do. And he's saying, listen, this is what I need you to do as my followers, is I need you to trust that what I'm telling you is how to do life. And that means the don't do's, and that means the do's, and that means all of those things. Right? It's simply that idea. It's very simple, except, man, we get super weird. We go, oh, man, obeying. And we, and we all, honestly, like, like, there's so many pockets of, like, like, you know, backwoods theology of, like, well, obeying, it's just not about checking the box and stuff. Did he say that? <laughs> Did I say that? Like, like, here's the deal. Stop hiding behind your own theology. Okay, Like stop the commentary of all of those things. I'm like, well, no, but I don't want to just check the box. Who said you? Okay? that You can't hide behind that. But it's the idea of going, no, 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 but I will trust in the way to live as he has said it. And he makes it very clear. When you decide to trust that and you want to walk and follow me and obey what I say, okay, you'll remain in me. It's like very simple. It's very, very simple here, okay? He says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. I've told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Boy, that's a shift. He went from King Jesus, that our world is trying to say, should never say these things. He should never expect people to just obey, and and that's too hard, and that's too like like that's not what it means. Except it, it is what it means, but but this thing right here is pretty great. Why did I tell you this? This is Jesus. I mean, could you imagine like just sitting around a campfire with Jesus? You go, Jesus. Why'd you tell us that? Why'd you tell us that it's so hard to obey you? And like there are things I want to do. You say, I shouldn't do those things or I can't do those things or don't do those things. Could you imagine this conversation with Jesus? He's like, come here. Here's why I told you that. Here's why I told you that. I told you these things so that my joy may be in you. I want you to think about what your response would be To hear those words from Jesus. In in all of our individualism. In all of our desire to kind of go our own way. In all of our desire to like find our own way. And decide our own discipleship and all these things. He said, no, here's why I'm saying this. This is why he taught the teachings that he taught. And he said to obey those. He said, because the joy that's in me, I want it in you. I think Christian said this about a week ago. He's not saying, I'm going to make your joy greater. He said, no, the joy in me. The joy in Jesus. He said, I want it to be inside of you. That's that's pretty stunning. I want you to think about that. I want you to ponder that for a little bit, okay, throughout this next week. It's this idea of what if that conversation actually happened with Jesus? He said, here's why I said this. Because I want my joy to be in you so that your joy can be complete, total, mature, fulfilled. Okay? That's pretty stunning, man. That's pretty stunning. So what has he said all along? Remain in me. Okay? What else has he added to that? Let my words remain in you. Okay? How has he said to do that? He said, listen, be somebody who does and trusts and has faith in that what I'm telling you is how to live this life, okay? My commandment is this, okay? And you just said, you know, my commandment is this, to love one another just as I have loved you. Okay? Here's my hope. Okay, we spent a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what the Holy Spirit kept coming back to? Is this freedom from the law, but at the same time, there was a royal law, Okay, do you remember what that royal law was? James chapter 2, Galatians chapter 5, everything can be summed up, love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, there are these connecting points that keep happening in the scripture, and we've got to go, wow, this is crazy. Okay, There's, see, we just keep connecting, bam, 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 and it says, here's what I'm commanding. This is the kind of life I require of my people. Right here. This is what it all comes down to right here. Love one another just as I have loved you. And he said, no that like, here's the deal. No one has greater love than this than one uh, that one lays down his life for his friends. He you said, you're my friends if you do what I command. Right? So, there's there's some things going on here, right? This isn't Jesus just going, hey, remember these two things and you'll be good. I mean, he's asking us to know this story. He's asking us to get this picture. He's asking us to, like, be able to embody this right here. And it all comes down to, remain in me, remain in me, remain in me. Let my words remain in you. Well, that's really strange that you put that in there. Except the entire law is fulfilled and love your neighbor as yourself. That's crazy. No one has greater love than this if he lays his life down for his friends. That's what we're coming down to right here. He's saying, here's where the interconnectivity really lies. This is where the, the nourishment, this is where the energy, this is where everything comes. He's right? like this, I want us, this is him talking to us. He's like, I want this to really sink in. I want us to ask that question to ourselves. Like We're meant to go, oh, do I do that? Like, is this, is this my heart? because we're seeing something here, all right? It's pretty amazing, okay? So let's have a couple of these. Let's let's talk about this for a second. Now, here's what's crazy that I didn't get into, okay? Because I don't know enough about it, all right? But I will tell you this, all right? When you start studying things out about things bearing fruit, okay? I've read a bunch of stuff on grapes and how do you make grapes and all those kind of things. And you have a little flower that comes out, which is really cool. That's bearing fruit. But you also know that flower has to be fertilized, all right? Going back to the old days, not our super scientific, like, lab-made grapes anymore. But here's the interesting thing is, is, is if you want to take John 14's teachings of the Spirit, and then you go into becoming fruitful and productive, okay, what's really fascinating about fruit is, is it's pollinated through the wind. You know what's really fascinating about the wind? That's what the word for Spirit is. Okay? That's what the actual word means. Okay? And so it's fascinating that John would go from the spirit to producing fruit and go, oh, you mean it's pollinated by whoa man. And then the idea, we haven't even talked much about this. We've all tried to figure out what fruit is. Okay? We've all we tried to delineate all those kind of things. Okay. But here's the interesting thing about fruit. Like when fruit's produced. The way we use it oftentimes is fruit is for other people. Right? Like I go pick apples from the apple tree. It wasn't for the apple tree. I got to enjoy that. Right? It nourished me. It was for other people. Fruit is for others. Right? But truthfully, I mean, if you look at it, it's not for me, number one. But number two is fruit is about reproduction. We've oversimplified it. We're like, oh, no, fruit is like making disciples. Come on, man. Like, back off for a second here. It is about reproduction. All right? But it's this idea of what's inside the fruit is what is, the re- is reproducing that. Okay? So it's this idea of, man, I'm going to have a people who are bearing fruit, that when that fruit is ingested by the world, that fruit will then go and produce more things like that. Wow. All right? Sometimes we kind of mistake it. We're like, man, I'm going to go and make disciples now because that's what he's talking about. But he's saying, no, what's in that fruit is about reproduction. And what's beautiful about that fruit is it actually attracts animals to come and eat the fruit and then it takes the seeds and it, it puts the seeds down in other places, right? I won't go into all of the details of that, all right? But but there's a scattering, there's a scattering and a fertilization and all of these different things. All right. But again, I'm not wanting to spend a gazillion minutes on that just because I think what he's asked us to do isn't to like delineate all of the fruit and what it will be. He says remain in me. And so from his teaching, what can we take with that? Cultivating a rhythm of obedience to God's word. Okay. That means when me and you are in God's word, i paying attention to what is he calling me to do? What is the scripture calling me? What is he asking me to do? How is he asking me to re-center myself? Like where is he, like cultivating that ear as we study scripture. What is he asking me to do because I want to remain in him. That's where life is right there. Right? Develop, here's the thing. Remain, let my word remain in you. How about developing a habit of memorization of scripture? Okay? What about John 15, 1 through 17? See them all at once? Okay? Again, here's the thing is just a little bit at a time. right? But, but for real, I mean, when you read about the culture of God followers through history, memorizing scripture was an absolute huge aspect of them knowing the Word of God. And I get it, you get older, it's harder to memorize things. Right? But we're not asking everybody to memorize the New Testament. Right? But develop a habit of this. We're going to talk more about this in the new year, by the way. And then zero in on the big idea. Right? With all of the things going on right here, Jesus zeroed us in on the big idea. With all of these things, what's the big idea? Love others just as He has loved us. Right? So if there's any question about that, wherever I am, whether I'm here with my brothers and sisters, whether I'm at home, whether I'm under my own roof, whatever it is, is that's the question. Is are the teachings of Jesus, like, is it cultivating a heart in me to love others the way Jesus has loved me? Right? And he's saying, and then there's this much fruit is born. And we will dig into more about what that other fruit looks like. But zeroing in on this big idea so we don't get kind of caught in all of these different places. So we're going to stop. We've we're, we're got to, to put a halt in it right there. But um, I would encourage you, this would be a starting place. This is going to be a starting place for me. Is this idea of, man, the first thing that I want to do with the beginning of the new year starting out, is what do I want to kind of zero in on my brain to get locked in more is this. Like this right here, these truths, and this encouragement, and this goodness. Like there is, what we talked about was just some amazingly good principles, concepts, ideas, promises, all of these things. So let's stop right there. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to nine four zero 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 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.